Welcome once again to Inside LAFC. I am Max. We're in between tournaments. Last week we, we spoke to Mark Rogantino. We we kind of put we nipped the season in the uh, the bud as the season ended with the loss to the Seattle Sounders up there in the Emerald City. And now LAFC pivots towards the business of the club and also getting ready for the CONCACAF Champions League. They have a date on December the 16th where they will be taking on Cruz Azul. The tournament is, uh, is going to be a sprint over a week. It is eight clubs, seven teams, seven games, and hopefully LAFC gets to play more than just one game. And I think a lot of people out there feel that it could have a shot. The one issue is the opponent. We'll talk about Cruz Azul in a little bit. They're involved in the Liga MX playoffs. Now, normally I have my opening segment here and we, we discuss. I give you my little take, but I'm going to get right into the guest who really, this is his show. You know him, you love him. LAFC, Vince LaRosa. I, I always knew I wanted to come back and talk to you. And this seemed like a great time. And just to catch up with what you're doing and this to break down because quite frankly, there's no one who knows more about the club from a media perspective than you do. So without further ado, Vince, great to see you. I know you can't see him. I can see him and great to talk to you. How are things? Uh, I miss you, Max. So I'm super glad that you, you brought me in. I, I wait patiently by the phone for that day where you're like, you, is it ready? Is it time for you to come back? And uh, I'm very happy to come back. And just to pull the veil back for people, it's interesting for me to be like, the true talent in this perspective because you're producing everything max and i'm so proud of you because <laughs> back in the day you would be the production side and you'd be like make sure you're here click on this make sure your audio is good and now i'm doing that but yeah. your audio is better than mine as as is tradition i'm on the road so i don't have my my, my new microphone which i was really excited but i'm not packing that sucker it's enormous no Dude, you're a multimedia juggernaut, Max. You know everything. Front of house, back of house, you're, you're, you're doing it, man. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's start because I know, I know it's an old topic. and We don't want to rehash it because there's disappointment involved with the loss to the Sounders and a shorthanded LAFC side, and I think it's important to bring that up, that uh, a snake bit team that I said throughout the season went in there with good intentions, hung in till the end, eventually lost three to one. As you, as you see that result, uh, how did you walk away at the time with uh, the final act for LAFC's 2020 MLS season? You know, on one hand, it was disappointing because obviously not having Diego Rossi, not having Sifu, not having Brian Rodriguez and Cheeky, you know, you're already against it, right? Um, going into it, I was optimistic, though, because this team had beaten a Sounders team when they had, I mean, just the absolute most adversity I've ever seen to start a match. Like that home game when they beat the Sounders, like the injuries – Mark goes out. It looks bad, really bad at first. And we're all having flashbacks to that. Um, it was almost in the same part of the field too, where it happened against the galaxy when he broke his foot or his ankle. Um, and then Andy comes in and Andy has to go right back out. And I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, what do they, what do they got to do to catch a break, man? Um, but they, but they brought it to the Sounders. Um, they fought for every ball. I mean, there was not a yard of space that the Sounders had. Um, and so I was optimistic, but you know, the Sounders are you said it, the Sounders are the most successful team of the past decade for, for MLS. Um, and I, I was reticent to say that, but I see it now. Um, and part of me, as much as I was disappointed to watch that game and see that the Sounders, every single one of their star players showed up. Uh, I, I like to say that individually they were brilliant and collectively they were brilliant. I think all three are not all three because one was a corner, um, but two of their goals, I think two, the two goals, the first and the third, both had Nico Ladero, 
uh, Raul Ruiz, Jordan Morris, and Christian Roldan touch the ball in the sequence. I mean, what what more can you ask for in kind of synergy of your star? So I looked at that and said, look, even if we had the guys we had, um, I'm not sure they could have beaten that Sounders team. That's a really good team, and they're really humming. Um, but from from my perspective, it was um, I don't know. Maybe that's bittersweet in that way because you're like, we got beat by a really good team. I think the only thing I've come to realize now is, man, we got screwed by points per game. That never should have been a first round matchup. I mean, the Rapids got in regardless of points per game. They had enough points to technically get in. They should have just been an eight seed then. I like that. That makes sense. Because look, if you don't know unless you play these games, it's a it's a strange rule. And LAFC really suffered. And you know, hindsight's 2020. 20. I always thought if they got Portland and Portland lost, and I thought LAFC had a shot certainly to to do the same because they have a great track record. Would you agree with the point that I saw LAFC very differently? And this is the last thing we'll talk about, Seattle, because a lot of exciting stuff to discuss is uh, the, the team is getting ready for December as well as 2021. Mm-hmm. I saw LAFC play differently more so than ever before. And it, ha- it had to be because you don't have Rossi and Rodriguez pushing. Without those two guys pressing, pressing, because they can do it better than anyone, mm-hmm. you can't press the way you would like. So LAFC had to you know, take a, a step back and in something that is their, their bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, it just, they just couldn't do it. And then all of a sudden, uh, tactically in every way, you're, you're a different team and you don't, you never want to be that heading into a playoff game. You can't press the same. And also on the flip side, you can't attack quite the same, right? You can't, you can't have the quick transition moments that you'd like to have. I mean, Christian Torres can, can run a little bit, but Carlos isn't really, Carlos to me looked 60 to 75%, which is fair. Um, you know, BWP had, had a rough one. He couldn't get the ball to really stick to his foot. Um, but when you have Rossi and Rodriguez, you just kind of, it's like a alley-oop. You just kind of loft it up there and they'll chase it down and then get you into that next level or even get you a chance straight out of that, that first ball. I mean, the amount of times that Diego's received one pass, beat a guy and scored a goal has just been amazing this season. And that's been the progression of, of him as a, as a finisher and, and able to finish in all types of ways. And it scares me because feel like and we might talk about this more but i feel like this is this is the time for diego rossi he's he's really rounded into himself as a a person a player a leader on and off the field i just he's such he's been so good this year and he, yeah. he would have gotten my vote for for league mvp regardless of where lafc came in the standings what do you mean that you feel it's the time it's the time that he he changes uh, clubs i do i mean i think one thing you have to consider as much as it'll make us sad um these players have a timeline in their head um, and they, they, they have their wants and needs. And, and, and also this is a timeline that they don't shy from, right? John Thornton shows up in Uruguay to sign Diego Rossi and telling him, here's a timeline I have in mind for you. Cause he knows Diego's goals. Um, so I think from a personal sense, he wants to do that, but also from just the perspective of LFC, could Diego Rossi's value be any higher than right now? Golden boot winner, best young player in MLS, MVP finalist, did it all with, with out Carlos on the pitch was captaining the side at times. I mean, it, he he's again, he's just grown um, in leaps and bounds. And it's so funny to think about the, the day that he kind of arrived and we first all got to talk to him and we were surprised, man, he speaks really good English. And he's like, yeah, you know, people in Uruguay speak English, but I knew, you know, I wanted to brush up on my English cause I was coming here. And just now thinking about that, I mean, he was such a, a consummate professional at 19 years old. It's I mean, uh, the, yeah, he's, he's above and beyond. I, I just, if I could direct any young player to like the mentality and the, the, the growth, um, because he still had setbacks. I mean, he ran into streaks where he didn't score four or five games and then would go on a tear. So I think 
that would be my, my, I would hold that guy up to, to people and say like, this is the player you want to be. I remember when he came and you always talked to him and he's like, yeah, it's, and he always used the word lindo, which is, you know, beautiful about, oh, the estadio, muy lindo. Y los, 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 los fanáticos, muy lindo. And it was really cool to see that time and time again. And uh, we're all watching a lot of Champions League and it's, it's frustrating because there's like 15 teams, if not more, actually more than the 15 of the 32 teams, like this is a, a very arbitrary number that would are screaming to have a guy like Diego Rossi. And I would include Real Madrid. I watched their game almost in its entirety. And we're recording this on a Wednesday. So it was on a Tuesday that they needed someone to really push the tempo up there. And it's Diego Rossi is the perfect player. And I, I, it I befuddles me to no end that there isn't clubs lining up around the corner because now you have a goal scoring threat now you have a guy who has a Milner that doesn't stop, whether it's a 90-minute, 120, 280-minute game. He is going to run and work hard, and he eats up games. He eats up minutes in games, which is incredibly valuable. And uh, I, I hope the team see it. I, I know there's that, that lost in translation. It's not lost in translation. It's They're decided to lose it in translation because they know you can get someone from Major League Soccer and a European club can – spice it up a bit, put on some bells mm-hmm. and whistles. And now all of a sudden it's worth four times as much. And I know it's a little uh, uh, naive on my part to say, but it, sometimes you feel that way because I just look at this player and we've got to know him intimately. And it's just, it's a fit. And I, I, I hope 2021 he is there and he's playing well because obviously he can be, build it, but it's going to be weird because he's ready. Yeah, he's ready. I mean, that's, I think for a big champions league club, not a middle of the pack, a good champions league team. Mm-hmm. And again, as much as this would, would make people sad, you got to keep in mind the, the personal aspect of it. These players are competitive. They have a timeline and, and this was what was pitched to them. It's not, it's not like they're, they're going back on their, they, they told LFC they'd be there for 10 years. No, they never said that. They said, Hey, I will win as much as I can with the club and grow as much as I can with the club. But when my chance comes and a good offer comes in for me, I should be able to leave. And, and I think that's the right, that is the right platform and, and mentality to have because that's what starts the cycle, right? crank up that engine. Cause once Diego Rossi goes, then the next kid in Uruguay or Paraguay or Argentina that sees that it says, okay, LFC is the place that I can go, that I can launch my career. So you've, you've got to take it, you know, both ways. And I would also say this John Thorrington and Will Koontz and the rest of the staff, I know for sure that they've probably already got five, six guys lined up if that <laughs> happens. So it's not like they're going to be caught high and dry. They they're understanding this timeline as well. It's, and we don't know nothing. This is nope. just us talking. Uh, maybe Diego Rossi wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what? I love it here. I want to I spend my entire career as an LAFC player. We don't know. We don't know. This is just what we are seeing. We don't know. We, we have not heard anything from the club. We just see the progress and uh, we have a good educated eyes and ears. And you mentioned that they've got eyes on five or six guys. And I, and I look at the squad and a lot of folks call, came up and were saying, you know, we really miss Sifu. And I go, we did. Mm-hmm. And LAFC put time in a player like Sifu where at the beginning in games in Orlando, he looked fish out of water. He looked lost. And all of a sudden he's becoming a commanding perf- player in the midfield, not consistent, mm-hmm. but again, at 21, this is a young group of players. And I, I know at 2021, 20, you have to deliver and guys like Diego Rossi have delivered who's 22, but this is still a very young team that hasn't played a lot. So just thinking about, them moving if it's all, all four five six of these young players moving to 2021 
they're just going to get better. They're just, they're, they need to log minutes. And obviously we, it's, there are kids that are 18, 19, 20, they're pushing their teams through the playoffs, but there's also these guys that just need time, especially when they're not from the United States or familiar with this league. Yeah. They just need to get acclimated. I mean, Sifu should be congratulated for the ability to acclimate within a pandemic. Um, I still always go back to when I tell this story that, that you told when we were on that call um, and he spoke about being alone in his apartment and being oh, sad. And, it's and terrible. yeah, he's already a soft-spoken guy, already a very, um, he's kind of shy, but he's very, he's very friendly and smiley and, and happy, but his face turned. And in that moment, he was a little bit quieter and, and it made me sad. And I know it made you sad. And that was the moment where like it, it clicked for me. Oh, no wonder Sifu hasn't quite come through and everything because LAFC demands a lot of you on the pitch. But then when you go home and you've got no one to, you got no teammates to hang out with, you've got no family to, to commiserate with, you, you can't go out and explore the city. I mean, I can't even imagine. But yeah, once he was able to go to Orlando, have a consistent rapport with his teammates and, and maybe hang out and play games and, and joke around, he started to come through. Um, and then as he started to get games, he started to get really consistent. So yeah, what these young players need and what Bob preached all throughout is consistency, consistent training, um, a consistent lifestyle. Um, and, you know, the same thing that we're all looking for, right? This is kind of what we all need in this moment. I've mastered it. I've mastered the consistent oh, lifestyle. Yeah. Actually, That's you, not you true. Kind of, it's not true. Uh, I don't know. A little bit you have. You got your Sunday rugby thing going on and all that. I always see you out there going for your run. You got a little bit of routine going. I do. Yes. Uh, when you get to my age, you better or uh, you have to really look in, internally long look at the mirror and say, what are you doing? <laughs> you got to get into those creature comforts. Well, let's go in chronological order because the, the roster moves came on and you had a really uh, uh, an effective tweet, which we can't say that often because Twitter is all over the place. And mm -hmm. I'm very guilty of that. Uh, so the roster moves happened, picked up the options on Pablo Cisniega, Musovsky, Carlos Vela, declined the options on Philip Ejimaru, uh, Jesus Murillo, Andy Nahar, Adrian Perez and Bradley Wright Phillips. The discussion uh, Jordan Harvey, Dan Yakovich, and Bradley Wright Phillips eligible for free agency, and Mohamed El Manir and Mark Segbers, their contracts expire at the end of the year. So a month away from that, 20 players under contract for 2021. You look at this, and to the point of your tweet, is like, I'm like, wait a minute, we're losing this guy and this guy. Some of these guys are probably not coming back to LAFC, probably a lot of them. But this is, this is an apparatus to set up the next step where you can talk and to these guys or restructure something. And certainly in the case of Murillo, where they said they're looking to get a, a long-term deal because he was on loan. So uh, how, how are we supposed, from your perspective, as much as you know, how are we supposed to look at this? I actually think it's funny because, you know, 20 players under contract is a, is a lot. Like that's, that's a very well, we big a bulk season. of the team. Yeah, big bulk of the team coming back. And I think there's going to be more moves. So it's kind of funny to me that everyone freaked out in this moment. Um, from the top, I will say this. A lot of the wording and the language and the way in which this is delivered is dictated by MLS. This is how they prefer Correct. that clubs yeah. put this stuff out. Um, and so that's why I understand when people, because I was even confused by some things and I, and I knew better. Like with the CCL, when people were like, well, can Bradley Wright Phillips, can Mo play in CCL? Yes, they can. Because MLS is looking one year ahead, right? So when they're talking about declining options or, or contracts running out, they run out at the end of this year, at December 31st, 2020. So they're under contract through that time period, which would include the CCL. So they are available. They will travel. They'll be a part of that. 
Um, the thing with Mario, which was the big one I wanted to get to, because I know a lot of people freaked out and myself included, if he would have been not coming back is this is standard operating procedure for clubs. I mean, I would even say this, you know, a lot of people get excited when they're like, Oh, it's a loan with a uh, fixed purchase, uh, you know, number to buy. Um, so they, they have to do it. Um, in any instance with a loan, it's always negotiable. Everything's negotiable, man. Um, and I guarantee you they've been negotiating since they found out that this guy was kind of going to fit the system. They've probably been negotiating the entire time. Um, and I've been told uh, by, by sources that it, it, it's not something to worry about. They, they feel very confident that they're going to get it done and that Mario will be back. But again, this is just his loan runs out at the end of the year. Um, and then a decision has to be made on, on a purchase. It could even be an extension of a, a, a secondary loan to then get it to a purchase in the summer. So I, I've been told not to worry too much about that, but I do understand why in the moment you look at that and go, oh no, is he not coming back? No, it's just, it's the way that MLS likes to do these things. It's, and it's very different from Europe. And I would say uh, I'm happy to put out tweets like that. And yourself, when, when you put out stuff to kind of explain MLS is a little quirky like that, I wish MLS would be a little bit better about that. Help, help people out because we need a little bit. The one thing we've always said, Max, transparency in this league. There's very, love- there's, there's not enough of it. And I get, there's a long list uh, from, from that to injuries reports that at one day, if the league wants to take that step towards being like the NBA or mm-hmm. uh, the NFL, those are things you've got to, you've got to reveal. And there's a, it's, it's, it felt little, and I understand in 2020, but it felt very veiled more mm-hmm. so this year than most. And I felt like we're moving in the wrong direction. We have to move to a more transparent future. That's true. Let's hope that this is not, I mean, I understand why it was maybe a little more opaque than years past because of the sensitivity to, to COVID and things like that. But let's hope this is not a harbinger of the future because the two things that I think moving forward uh, need to be better and can grow this league are the transparency. And uh, I said in a tweet, officiating, <laughs> we need better officiating. <laughs> wow. Uh, but that's a whole nother podcast we can, uh, that would take us much longer, but I think MLS now want, has. I kind of want to talk about that now. <laughs> well, no, I mean. You're right. We, 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 that's for another day, but it's uh, we'll, we'll briefly investment out. required. Mm-hmm. Briefly, I'll say this. To have a great league, you need to have certain things in place. And MLS already has exciting players, both young and, and older, that are exciting and, and kind of on the world market. Two, the next thing was uh, the infrastructure. They're starting to have a lot of great soccer-specific stadiums, great pitches. Not everywhere, but for yeah. most places. Uh, three was, uh, and was kind of last piece to come in was the, the coaching Matias Almeida, Bob Bradley coming back to the league. I mean, the, these are high level coaches, but man, that fourth thing, we don't talk about it a lot. You got to have officiating. You got to have guys that know what a tactical foul is. You got to protect players that are dynamic and exciting. Cause this is, I don't want a league of rock'em sock'em robots. That's what I'm saying. I want to, I want a league that, that, that goes out there and plays. After officiating, the fifth pillar is great broadcasters. And in some areas, they've done a good job of that. Uh, but that's the transparency part too, right? The the media, the coverage. That's yes. that's the fifth pillar. I think. Look, we figured. I was kind of kidding about that, but I was kind of looking for a compliment. But, no, uh, man. I think you're. <laughs> no, I think you're you're spot on, Max. <laughs> but that is important. And I tell people, like at other clubs, and like LAFC. Look, they've uh, given me an incredible opportunity where I can not only be the broadcaster, but do so many things for this club. Uh, to give to help create content to help find exposure and I go every club's got to be doing this they need to have someone on staff that they can put to work and someone who has some equity on a national basis possibly where mm-hmm. they can build and everyone every club is its own 
his, his own content machine, so to speak, mm-hmm. that feeds into the league. So I think that's something that, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but something that uh, is needs to be part of that foundation. Well, I'll add to that, and it's uh, to, to yourself and a guest that you had not too long ago, Keith Koskin, are two great examples. You guys are intergrained and interwoven with the club to where the players know who you are. Um, Keith, to an extent that, you know, his, his mother just passed away and the players put together that was amazing. a video. Which amazing. Was so, so touching um, to see that connection. But I think that connection is important to be able to tell those stories on air, to, to continue to grow and spread um, these players to a wider, to a wider audience. Um, I think that's amazing. And, and you're right. I think you need to have announcers that are intergrained and willing to go that extra mile to really share that story because What's the biggest mouthpiece you have? Games, game days, man. Absolutely. And great and analysts and Swiss Army knives like yourself. We're very, I'm very proud of the progress you've made, Vince. And I know the sky is going to the limit. And we're the league, this club, very lucky to have you close to still, still creating content and still getting people talking about LAFC and Major League Soccer. I'm LAFC adjacent still. Yes. Hey, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, obviously not. And I don't know the plan is. I think he was he was a great player, but watching that playoff game, maybe it wasn't the the ideal fit when you if you have those three guys. I'm not. I, he'd be, he scores goals. He'd be great to coming back. And again, this could be something where he's a free agent. They come back to him. They redo a contract, and he comes he comes back in in a way where it makes sense for the club and the player. But he also has some options now too. And based mm-hmm. on what he did with LAFC. Clubs have to be saying, let's get a guy like that. This is something which benefits BWP because there's clubs that need strikers and go, look, he's still, he still has a plenty in those legs. He can still finish. Why not bring him over here? Yeah, I thought, I thought on this a little bit longer um, because I really like Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, both as a person and as a player. And I really think what he did um, was exactly what he said he was going to do. He came in here angry. He said he didn't think people were giving him the respect as a, as a, an all-around striker, thought that they were discounting him for the years that he played at Red Bulls, even though he played at such a high level, Golden Boot Rainer two times in a row. Um, and he really proved them wrong. Um, but from the flip side, there's a couple things you got to look at. One, we don't know what that option year was. What, what did Brad negotiate? Could have been a much higher jump. Maybe that's something that wouldn't have been palatable to LAFC. Um, and by declining this option, it gives Brad the opportunity to get into free agency again, start to sort out his future going forward. And who's to say that that future might not lie with LFC? We don't know that for sure. Um, the second thing is, if you remember back to when Brad was signed, we had already signed. We had Dio on the roster and we already signed Danny Musovsky and Danny was injured. Danny had a sports hernia injury. We didn't know quite what to make of Danny Musovsky. And I would say Danny came through just as, you know, just as decorated as Brad did. Um, but yeah. he's a younger option. Uh, he's a little bit more mobile. Um, you know, I think in a salary cap league, you need to have a certain amount of appreciating assets versus, um, I wouldn't say depreciating. I don't want to put that against Brad, but Brad's a, Brad's a known quantity, right? And he takes up a big chunk of salary. Um, and I think when you weigh those two, you weigh what Masovsky brings in the upside, both on the financial side, the cap side, and on the field versus, you know, what Brad, you know, you know Brad, what Brad's going to give you. Maybe going forward, he has another great year, but again, he's, he's still of that age where it's going to start being declining returns, whereas Danny, you would hope, is going to continue to appreciate. Um, that's where the decision gets maybe a little bit easier. Um, but on Brad's side, I guarantee he definitely has earned himself a new contract somewhere. Um, and I think even a starting spot somewhere, I, I look at a place yeah. like, I, lo- I don't know if he'll, he'd go there, just knowing Brad, because he's a very cosmopolitan man and, and he's, he's a guy that likes to be out there. 
um, a team like Real Salt Lake, a team that needs a striker um, and a smart striker and one that continue to, because I think Danny learned a lot from Brad. Um, so someone that can bring along younger guys, uh, Brad definitely earned a, a role with a team and a prominent role. And he should be, uh, I would say anywhere he goes, whether he wears that captain's armband or not, he's a captain in the locker room for a team. Yeah. And, and he's, he's just, he's a great guy. And again, we don't know. He could very well, they could renegotiate it. Something's palatable to LAFC. Um, but I think it makes sense at least initially that this is the move and kind of see where things play out for both Brad and the team. Look, Real Salt Lake makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of clubs that just couldn't score that need a target player that, and because of how he revitalized, rejuvenated himself at LFC and give the club and the coaches a lot of credit for that. He's a, a better player now than he was a year ago. And I think even more in demand a year older, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I look at a team like Nashville who can't struggle to score goals a lot of time. And maybe that makes sense, but either way, it's a, if he comes back here, it, it's good for the player. And I think that's good. Uh, he's been a long time veteran of the league. So, uh, salary wise, you know, it's going to be up there in comparison to some yep. other options. As you said, in the salary cap league, you have to be very diligent with how you, how the, how the dollars all add up, but, mm-hmm. but that's good. I mean, Jordan Harvey, Dan Yakovich eligible for free agency. We don't know what their decisions are going to be made. They both look like a, a players that still have something to give. Jordan Harvey was starting games at the end. Uh, Dan Yakovich started most of the season. We shall see. And if they decide they to pivot, uh, it's very exciting for both of those guys as well. But that's a, that's a wait and see. All of this is a wait and see. But it yeah. came by, and I guess the, 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 the lesson here for everyone's like, don't read too much into it. Let the, let the things will start to uh, uh, evolve and evaluate themselves. Well, I think one of the most intriguing things that no one's really talking about is, uh, you know, you, you, re-up your, you didn't re-up Pablo, but you exercise your contract option on Pablo. So now Pablo's under contract. Kenneth also under contract. Do we have another goalkeeper battle another year? I mean, that's the one thing that I would look at from LFC's perspective. It's like, at some point we got to have a number one. Someone's got to take it and wrestle it away and say, I'm the number one. I'm not giving it up through any, any instance. I'm not going to, I'm not going to drop in form. I'm going to command this team. Um, I think that would be a big step for, for every, for, for the defensive structure for everything. And and so that's an intriguing thing that I'm going to look, uh, for at the start of next season, what that's going to look like. Our, uh, another former guest here on Inside LFC, Kevin Baxter of the LA Times, had a, a, an article wrapping up the season. He was pretty, pretty critical, as you should. I mean, look, the season d- did not meet the standards. And if you're writing uh, like Kevin does, you've, 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 got to, you've got to be very real. And you may, I mean, here we see it through a different prism because we look at, at clubs and go, look, as a young, all the reasons we just told you. You know, he... He says that Tyler Miller was jettisoned, so to speak, and Pablo Cisniega and Kenneth Vermeer brought in, obviously for more money in the case of Kenneth Vermeer. But I saw two guys that I could rely on by the end. The playoff, it kind of got the playoff game gone away, but the body of work leaves me pretty optimistic about the goalkeeper situation, regardless of which one of those two guys eventually becomes the number one. Yeah, I would say I'm optimistic, but I, I still think no, someone needs to head and shoulders be better sure. than the other. Okay, time. Now. Yeah. Oh, that's. You're right. I just laid it down for you. When they're when they're right next to each other in the pool and they're not separating, you, you need a Michael Phelps to kind of turn the corner and hit that last 50 meters. Well, look. Okay, so not to go too deep into another tangent, but the big the biggest thing that everyone want to talk about throughout the entire season was Walker Zimmerman, right? Of yes. course, he wins. He wins Defender of the Year. That's um, and 
you know what? I was still there when all this went down. So you and I talked about it and we said, Walker will be very good at Nashville. Nashville is going to play well that way that will suit Walker. This isn't. And Walker will be, make more money in Nashville. He'll make more money. Um, he'll, he'll have a bigger role there. Um, he, he's head and shoulders, their leader there. Um, and then from LFC's flip side, they got a, a, a very handsome chunk of change, a record chunk of change. Um, and they had players to, to lock in. I think the one thing that I could be critical of is Walker and Eddie had this, they were simpatico. They had this little, this bond that like you could not quantify. They were both great players and they had this bond. And I think the one thing that maybe if, See, I'm doing it again. I'm saying, I'm going to say what Bob Bradley thinks. And Bob, if Bob hears this, I'm going to hear it. Um, but if I was, Bob, might. <laughs> there's a chance he might, if I was Bob, I would say, I need to know who my center back pairing is just like my goalkeeper going into the season. And those two guys sit with each other at lunch, go out, go out to dinner with each other. Like these guys need to be, it needs to, you need to get it back. And I think that's what was lacking. I think, although down was good um, to start the season, it, it you just didn't have the same type of like tele telepathic connection between your center backs. And for an LFC team that has to shift left and shift right to, to cover and kind of uh, make up in emergency situations when the press breaks down, that's so important. So I would say that's, that's going to be a big thing going into 2021 as well. Let's talk CONCACAF champions league. Uh, I'm excited because the most, the best football soccer I've seen since the pandemic was the 10 days that they completed the UEFA Champions League mm-hmm. and games coming in, uh, great storylines. Obviously, we're talking about Barcelona and Bayern and PSG and Messi and Neymar. But that week, that 10 days was so compelling. And we have it to a, a different degree, a smaller degree, uh, with the CONCACAF Champions League. It's going to be played at Exploria Stadium in Orlando, December the 15th through the 22nd. LAFC on December 16th play Cruz Azul. Uh, it's, there's no goal aggregate involved as there are in the other games. So we have Atlanta United and Club America. And for Club America, I mean, for Atlanta United, they have a huge aggregate deficit that they have to make up. Uh, Montreal and New York City FC have a chance as MLS teams. But then LAFC, it's a clean bill of health. You go in, you have everyone coming back. Cruz Azul are really good. They mm-hmm. are in the semifinals of Liga MX and they're facing, uh, who are they facing? Um, Pumas with a chance to play Chivas. So they're doing well. They have Cabecita Rodriguez at the attack, another Uruguayan. Good players around the paddock that can certainly help. They are going to be the favorite. They are a really good team. Yep. There's a lot here for LAFC to be confident about. Everyone together. They just finished the season. They're not coming out of the cold as if they did in February where they were successful against Leon. Mm-hmm. And it's in the United States. This, so, I mean, despite what happened, it's going to be, a, it's just a, 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 almost a 180 for LAFC in many ways as they prepare for this. They have a shot here. They really do. Yeah, I mean, as much as we say uh, when LAFC is in the playoffs, hey, anything can happen. Guys, sometimes the better team, it doesn't go through. That should apply to LAFC in this regard because Cruz Azul it, right now is uh, one of the best teams in Mexico, Some, similar to the way that a certain Leon team was going into our, our match in that early part of the season. So I think that LAFC really has to look at this and uh, say that we're getting all our guys back. This is kind of like the last hurrah for kind of this core group. And I think they, you know, they look at that Seattle match and I guarantee you Bob's going to be pointing to it and saying, is this how you want to, to remember the end of your season after all, all you've been through? 
going to the MLS's back tournament, going, going to, you know, de- dealing with all you dealt with um, injuries, a, a, you know, a small COVID outbreak within your own team, then guys going internationally, um, they're going to want to show up and for, and in a one game instance where you can get really get up for it. There's no, there's no reason to not believe LAFC can really bring it to Cruz Azul. And you couple that with the Cruz Azul's history and one-offs and Cruz, big games. Cruz Azuliar. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, there's a word for it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a nomenclature. But I agree with you, Max. I mean, this is kind of awesome. We've got three giants of Mexican soccer all coming into one place, and we're gonna play. Uh, you know, we're gonna play all, all the matches all within a week. It is really cool. Like, I think that this is something. I don't know. Look down the line. Maybe it's it's you can roll this into something in the future. Or maybe this is a way to inform the Campeones Cup going forward, where we can have teams out here. I mean, the more synergy we have between the big teams in Mexico and our teams and, and just bringing all of North America together to do like a thing that you're doing Libertadores type thing. I think it's better. I think it's, it, you can't, it, it, you can't put a, a value on it because we've never had it. And I think it, it's, it's got exponential growth potential. Speaking of Libertadores, I, this is Wednesday. I have Independiente del Valle uh, versus Nacional of Uruguay. And okay. uh, I'm sure who's the best good. players. I know zero players on any of those dude, teams. Give me, give me something, dude, Independiente. I'm going to give you something here. And I just it because I've been watching this. They have a guy, 19 year old midfielder, Moises Caicedo. I think he may not play in this game because he's injured, but if you get a chance to watch this guy, he is amazing. He does everything in the midfield at 19 and he has transplanted that to the Ecuador national team where I watched a couple of their world cup qualifiers and he's their most important player. He can, he connects the dots. He is he's like Paul Pogba. Uh, he's like a Conte almost a bit, but he just passes better. And he he's really he is another level. This is the guy we'll all hear about. So inside LFC public service, you get to hear about Moises Caicedo first. And uh, Gabriel Neves plays for Nacional, and he's the guy that I texted you. I got all bent out of shape because he came in before Diego Rossi in that oh. qualifier against Colombia. And I was like, why aren't you putting in Rossi? But Gabriel Navis, Rossi's better than Gabriel Navis, I will say mm-hmm. still, I have to look at it. But there you have it. So there's some fun things to look in that tournament as well. Moises Caicedo is the guy to remember. Moises Caicedo, that is a public service. That's pretty cool. I, I always love hearing about younger players. I mean, it's so Me too, hard it's to my favorite. Of, yeah, it's, it's hard to get really access to these players. So to, to hear the names, and it's funny because people say to me after this stuff went down, who do you think LFC is looking at? I go, I don't know. We won't know their names. They'll be highly talented. Everyone from where they're from will think that they're the next big thing. And uh, they'll probably be good. I mean, did anyone know who Diego Rossi was before he showed up? A few people did, but not out here. Uh, I would love to think that Moises Caicedo could be an LFC player. I just, from what I hear, they're, uh, the Manchester Uniteds are looking for him. So it may be a little bit out of our price tag, but we, we will see. Uh, I'm looking for Cruz Azul. I'm, I, I, I should have known this. I'm looking on my phone as I talk to you. The, uh, the semifinals for the Guardianes tournament, which Cruz Azul, so they're playing it this week. Mm-hmm. The final, I'm not sure when it's set. It can't be for next weekend because either way, Cruz Azul is going to probably come in with a lot of games that I think won't benefit them because they have to deal with protocols, obviously being make sure everyone's positive tests, where LAFC are essentially in a bubble as they mm-hmm. train, and also injuries. So there's a, again, yeah. this, this list for LAFC, they can – this is going to be interesting to see how they pounce. I think they come out hard and really push that tempo. And I, I, I like their chances. I think LAFC should, and LAFC fans should want Cruz Azul to go all the way to the final. Cause they believe it's on the 12th or the 13th. That's right. Yeah. So that's a minimum day for rest. You know, 
again, with their history, if Cruz Azul goes to a final, they're going to put 100% into the final of the, the Mex of the Liga MX league, because they've had some, I think even in the, in the interim, when they haven't been able to do well in Liga MX, they've had some, some international um, accolades. So they're going to really put everything into finishing top of Liga MX first and foremost, and then have a quick turnaround. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Is that, could that be okay for a team? Cause they're clicking and, and if they win, will they, they feel the need or what worst case scenario, what if they play those game and then they lose in the final and three days later have to play another game. I don't think that serves you well. Cause it's just a bitter taste in your mouth and you're a little tired and you just kind of want to go on vacation. So a lot, of, a lot of moving parts in that, that matchup. The Liga MX playoffs were big, but they've been made bigger because Chivas have advanced. And now it's like our MLS playoffs, all due respect when you have new England advance and Columbus and, it, it takes a little bit off of the, the who, magnitude of the postseason. Who was the dude from Chivas that just like balled out? Well, that Chicote, a little... Chicote Calderon. Yeah. Okay, I want to I want to put this out there for all the LFC fans listening that have reached out to me. No, LFC is not going to sign that player. <laughs> He's already 23 years old. I looked into him because so many people sent him to me. and I had never heard of him until now. And so that made me excited for a second because I was like, okay, maybe he's a young player with potential. He's 23. His goal ratio is like 14 and 94. And yes, he dominated that two match, but I would say sample size. Do the, not buy players off a sample size of two matches in a playoff instance. So no, he will not be coming here. They have a better player in Canelo Angulo, in my estimation, which I don't think will come either. I think he's a little bit younger, but uh, that's that. But obviously this is going to be huge in Mexico and Cruz Azul is going to feed it. And I will finish with this, the team that is the favorite amongst most of the pundits, at least to David Feitelson, who I, I was reading this morning, is Leon. And guess what? LAFC beat Leon. So, I mean, you're looking at these heavyweights. I go, LAFC's already beaten. And, I mean, they ran them off the park, granted in a packed house at Bank of California Stadium. But there's, there's a lot here. So, be confident. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, these things are, these are weird. But LAFC, with a well-coached and a good approach, can they win three? Can they win one? I think they can. Yeah, I think a very, I mean, it's, it's, it's a toss up whether they can win Cruz Azul and that, and that's, that is a compliment to LAFC with how well Cruz Azul is playing. Um, and having that knowledge that you can, you've done it before you can beat the uh, a Mexican side when they're at their best um, that, that serves you well. And that's, that's one of the things that you and I try to always remind LAFC fans is we're only three years in, you got You got to build towards this. Sometimes you can't just win it all in one swath. It's, it's the, the foundational pieces that you're putting in place. And I think, Going forward, LAFC, this, the, the Leon win is, is something that they can continue to build off of, you know, all around. It's just, it's, it's something that once you know you can do it, just another, you just keep stepping up that ladder. Before we wrap it up, you're doing stuff with 110 football. It looks fantastic. Uh, I know you have Connor and Jerry and the whole crew there and Benny Failhaber. Tell us a look. What can you tell us about what's going on there? Because uh, I've been paying attention and the, the productions look great and you are taking up more and more responsibility. I am. So we're, we're, we're working on, on season two and kind of our vision for season two. Um, the ink's not dry on everything, but I will be back for season two and um, in a slightly bigger role, trying to, trying to do a few more things, trying to be much more connected, not just in the show, the weekly show, but all throughout the week with LAFC. Um, and I think a lot of big things are coming and, and my guys, Connor and Jerry, they're, they're learning every day. They're, they're growing. It's so much fun to, to sit with them. We've been doing more stuff where we, we break down the games. We've got a little touch screen that we had fun with and just seeing them, you know, give me their takes and, and having a little back and forth. Um, it's really a cool place. And I think 
as much as it um, made me sad to leave LAFC, I picked up a lot of that work and brought it over to 110 football. And there's a lot of uh, connection. I mean, obviously I'm doing this with you. There's a lot of connection between ourselves and LAFC. And I still think um, that we, we can be a great place that um, you can come find your news, come find some fun. You know, we've got some cultural, we've got some skits. Uh, what I like to say is uh, we like to take a little bit of Saturday Night Live and roll it into um, some soccer stuff. So we'll do some funny stuff, um, some stuff that hopefully is going to be more and more um, black and gold tinged. And, and so pe- when fans look at it, they'll say, oh, that, I, that makes me think of being back at the bank or, or a funny thing like that. You know, so um, I'm really excited for, for season two and I'm really excited to, to continue to work with them. And we've got a new studio space, so there's going to be a lot, lot more content pumping out. It's going to be high level content. And I, I, I would hope that everyone would come along for the ride with us. Um, and you'll be seeing, I think you'll be seeing a lot more of, of this face. I know we're on a, not on a, a visual medium right now, but hearing <laughs> and seeing a lot more of myself and uh, I will still be around as you, as you can tell, I'm very much still involved with this team. And I, I, I definitely enjoy bringing information as much as I can to, to any, in any instance I can for around LFC, whether it's the players, it's the community aspect, um, anything like that. I'm, I'm at the disposal. You have a kind face, Vince. You have a nice face. So, or people just listen. I, if they haven't seen you, if they're new to Inside LAFC, I can undo it. I love it. You guys, uh, those guys are fans. They love this club. Any any of that love that we can circulate further is good business for all of us. Vince Larosa, great chatting with you. Great information as always, and we'll be chatting soon. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe Inside LAFC as we will continue to preview the Concacaf Champions League next week. We'll talk to you very soon. And follow at 110footballtv, Twitter and Instagram. So Did you don't I forget miss out. that at 110. Say that again. At 110footballtv, and that's Twitter and Instagram. And then, of course, the show is on YouTube. So subscribe there so you'll never miss an episode. That's right. Do it right they now. Already know, they already yeah. know where to find me. So I don't need to give my, my tag. You're LAFC Vince. Yeah. You, you walk people off the ledge all the time uh, on these game days. You're an important asset. You're like a therapy session for LAFC uh-huh. fans. I know, man. I'm, I'm like your blood pressure monitor. It's like, just, just lower it down a little that. bit, guys. We'll be okay. We need that. All right, Vince. Have a good one. Always a pleasure, Max.